Welcome to the Fit Money Podcast, where we'll discuss something we all need through our entire life, financial literacy, but also asking the tough question, why aren't students learning it? Financial literacy is more than the math and a behavior we'll need beyond the classroom. So we're learning how we can help students, families, and teachers build a new generation of financially fit students everywhere. On today's episode, Fit Money Executive Director Jessica Pelletier chats with Rashawn Facey, the Dean of Students for the Gavin Middle School in South Boston and a Boston public school teacher. Today, they're discussing Rashawn's work to empower the next generation with not only the financial knowledge they need, but what they're asking for. From discussing what students are thinking to building financial resources for teachers, today's episode is about creating financial relationships around positivity. Hey, Rashawn, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jessica. My pleasure. I'm so thrilled to talk to you because you are a educator in my hometown. I grew up in downtown Boston. Uh, tell me about the Gavin School. Uh, the Gavin School right now is called Up Academy Boston. We're part of a network of schools called Up Academy. Um, we have, I believe, five different school locations. Uh, and I am at the middle school location uh, located in South Boston. So do you have a lot of maybe the older kids, the eighth graders, um, any of them that are already working? Well, all of them are looking to work. Uh, We do have some students, depending on the age, because, you know, they need to get their working papers. So we help them do that in eighth grade. But depending on uh, their age, some of them don't have the ability to work and they look for other ways to generate income uh, and other ways to uh, generate monetary value. I ask because I find that that's usually a good time for kids to recognize that they need to learn a little bit more about money. And that's what you and I are here to talk about today. And uh, we have a a real shared passion for financial literacy. Um, Tell me about the few that might already have that coveted job. Um, What kind of questions are they coming to you and asking about perhaps that first paycheck they're getting? Well, it, it, first of all, they're asking the types of jobs, right? So they're talking about how do they get paid because they've already mm-hmm. um, been familiar with like stipends, right? So some of them, because of their age, have been um, um, solicited for junior counseling um, supports throughout the summer, right? So I was a camper last year, and as I get older through the camper, um, the camp, and get some seniority, they're asking me to be a senior camper, and I'm talking. They're talking about a stipend, Mr. Facey. What does that mean? Um, they're talking about you know what's the difference between hourly and salary, and you know the types of jobs that may fall into those payment categories, um, and specifically what types of jobs they're doing. So is it basic like product based or service based? Um, a lot of the students um, want jobs that have to do with big name brands and believe that there is a higher monetary uh, you know, gain when supporting and working for big name brands as opposed to like service where they're doing like red shirts or green shirts or working for the city type thing. Well, it sounds like they have a lot of great ideas. Is this Are these topics that you are able to integrate into the classroom, or do you have to do this outside of class time? So unfortunately, our school is a STEM-based school, and we focus specifically on science, technology, ELA, and mathematics. We do not have a program that is specific to uh, financial literacy. or um, So 
uh, as a dean of students for the seventh grade, uh, I've made it an initiative. Uh, you know how passionate I am about financial literacy to have uh, an encore, a weekly club that we have on Fridays where students from all grades can come and be a part of financial literacy, um, as well as I run an after school club on Mondays and Wednesdays um, for, you know, um, financial literacy for the school. And that's right off the cuff, right? So it's not specific, like the school didn't ask, it's just something that I'm pushing because uh, like I'm so passionate about the, the, the need for this type of understanding as early as possible. And can you share with me where that passion came from? Did you have an experience early on that made you realize that learning about money is is crucial for, for future success? So I went to Boston Latin School and uh, after Boston Latin School, I took a gap year um, because, you know, I, I grew up in a single parent home with many siblings. Um, and as the firstborn male, um, I felt that it was important for me to get a job as opposed to increase my debt, right? I didn't have many scholarships. And as much as I wanted to pursue post-secondary education, like I needed to bring income into my house immediately. So I took a gap year. Um, and in that gap year, I was working a bunch of odds and ends jobs. And I heard about a program called Year Up. And I actually um, went to Year Up because it had like an earn while you learn stipulation where you could... Um, generate school credits or college credits while at the same time generating an income based off of a stipend and the grades correlated. So as long as you did well in class, you got your full paycheck at the end of the week and it met both needs. So through that program, I was uh, able to jump into UMass Boston and pursue a bachelor's degree. Um, but at the same time, I was working for State Street. Uh, I worked for State Street for about five years and I moved to Bank of New York Mellon. And I worked there for nine years. And because of the fact that I was able to start on an accounting team and move up to actually managing that team, um, the procedures and processes that I was teaching my team, I felt like people from my community would benefit from knowing these things. Um, and I created a curriculum um, that I could go out and volunteer into the community. Um, so uh, about six years ago, I transitioned from managing at the bank and I moved into BPS, specifically volunteering that curriculum, going to like the YMCA's, the Boys and Girls Clubs, and trying to find wherever I could uh, an opportunity uh, to create a workshop to give the processes and procedures that I had taken from the bank and like show them and teach them to younger, to younger students. Um, and that's where my passion has been, not necessarily to teach or to, to tell a person how to play Monopoly, but to make sure they understand the rules, right? And empower the understanding behind it and, and correlate to like day-to-day -day tasks and, and um, how we move as a consumer. I, I think children benefit from that. And uh, fortunately, uh, by spearheading the club in the school, I've been able to see the immediate benefit um, as I uh, build a, a relationship with the students through their middle school years. You mentioned something so important, and that's what we at Fit Money believe as well, is, I mean, I, you said it's so perfect, knowing the rules of the game. And I think that is the biggest hurdle for so many when we talk about not only the financial system at large, but even just, um, you and I have discussed kind of the, the common vocabulary around financial literacy. Mm -hmm. You know, what is a stock? What is a bond? What is a, you know, interest, which means two different things, whether you're talking debt or savings. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I think that's so valuable and why we always say start young because the younger, the more time to really get that in your brain and, and get that, that muscle memory, so to speak. Um, so thank you so much for, for all that you're doing and hearing you say that, you know, it sounds like you were probably on a, a track to have a pretty successful career in finance, you know, talk about that transition to teaching. So I, when I left BNY Mellon, I managed uh, about 63 people, um, mutual fund asset servicing. We had nine clients, uh, with about a billion and a half in assets, um, and it was great um, learning the banking procedures. Uh, it was great, you know, servicing the clients and understanding all the different back-end banking procedures. Um, my issue was there was no one to uh, help my own team better understand the process. So as I was teaching my team their specific role, they had questions uh, about how it fit in, into the bigger picture of the bank, right? And I began creating trainings for my specific team that I would go home and talk to my significant other about or go home and talk to my children about um, because of the fact that it would immediately tie into like allowance and like how do you maintain uh, keeping your lunch money and budgeting that and what is necessary in terms of spending right now, right? Like if you have a need right now, can you save for it? Is it an immediate need? Um, and then working towards that and reinforcing those own principles in my children. Um, and because my family is so big and I have so many siblings, I found myself having these conversations often and frequent um, and in the same types of environments where there were younger and younger children who were looking to understand the money that they were that they already had. Right. Um, they were looking to better understand taxes and why when they walk into certain bodegas or stores, there's different prices for the same products. Right. And, and understanding supply and demand. And then correlating that with like trends, right? The, the younger children, when it comes to e-commerce and understanding trends, the, the lingo and terminology when it comes to like the technological advancement allows them more empowerment to the financial world, right? So the more we tie the e-commerce and their social media and uh, all that into the financial world and the processes that are more conservative and kind of have been there the more they're empowered to jump into both of those realms. Especially now, we were just talking to someone the other day about, you know, society is very much cashless these days. You know, not everyone has a credit card, you know, 86 or so percent of the population does. And most kids have have phones. Um, certainly there are some that don't, but now the the payment apps and and whatnot make transactions really kind of, not very present. And so do you talk a little bit about that, of how how to learn to budget, how to learn the value of money when kids don't really see money anymore? Yeah, that's a very, very awesome point. Um, we've moved away from having like actual notebooks and, you know, like keeping track of, uh, you know, where our money comes from and where it goes, right? Like bookkeeping. Um, and a lot of the different ways that the students utilize the phone is specific apps, you know, keep specific things, right? So uh, on their social media apps, they tend to talk, uh, you, you know, about things that have to do with, you know, uh, what's going on in the, the school, what's trending in the school. So if there's something uh, popular uh, in the school, meaning like a, um, an initiative that we have, a club that we have, they talk about it 
and they talk about it in their own language, right? So I've been able to um, use some of the social media lingo um, that they've shared with me to help them better understand some of the terms that are are unfamiliar with them or foreign with them, right? So I'm tying the text message culture, the text message lingo into the more contractual and financial legitimate lingo, right? And building that bridge and bond. My purpose is to meet them where they are. Um, I often tell my students that I'm not telling them anything that they are completely unfamiliar with, that my job is not to plant a seed, that the seed has already been planted by being a, a U.S. consumer, right? My job is to help water it so that way they grow and understand the best way to be firm and strong, right? So at the end of the day, I am often telling them that uh, terminology is important. And if they don't understand it, to find a way to anchor it in, in some other form and fashion or conversation that they use it in. Um, and it's just, it's, they, they love it. I, I, I can't speak about it enough. I feel empowered behind this work because the more I introduce it to younger children or, or the younger population, the more they're inspired they are, the more questions they have behind it. Um, it, it feeds itself. The, the, the need feeds itself. I love that. Uh, we'll have to go for coffee after this. I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old, and I need some of that uh, social media vocabulary so I can communicate with them. <laughs> I'm here for you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, talk to me about, you've, you say you've been a teacher now uh, for about six years and, you know, teachers are the real backbone of who Fit Money is. Um, we offer curricula for, for people just like you. You obviously are incredibly um, uh, ingrained uh, already in financial literacy, but as you know, I'm sure many of your colleagues are not comfortable um, bringing this into their classrooms, whether it's their own history or you know, money is, people still think is a taboo topic. They don't, they're not really sure what to do, but uh, I love to ask teachers, you know, about their day. And, and I'd love to hear about a real proud moment uh, that made you say, yes, this is why I wake up every day. Teaching is a tough job. Uh, but for those of us who do it, uh, we really build relationships with the students when they have the aha moments, when they have the eureka moments when they really begin to grasp the concepts and run with them um, themselves and ask questions that show that they're deepening their understanding, right? So a lot of what uh, motivates me to continue to come in and be uh, and do this work for education is uh, building those connections, building the relationships. And I live in the community. So when I leave from here, I often see my students out and about. Um, where it reinforces mentoring and tutoring and, and building that sense of community. Um, so where I have been a teacher and I know that there are certain uh, political necessities in terms of crossing the T's and dotting the I's with the curriculum and the curriculum being set up in a certain form and fashion. And I've sit in, you know, um, like IPP planning uh, for classes. And I was so um, happy to see uh, that uh, Fit Money's curriculum is set up the same way uh, that the Boston Public Schools IPP planning is set up, right? Where you guys have like a do now and you have like a call to action and you have like a word bank um, in different uh, examples that allow children to marinate on the terminology and the functionality 
Uh, I love the fact that there was case studies that directly correlated to what the students would be doing in real time, wherever they're at, right? And it was broken down into the elementary and the middle school and the high school side. When my students walk into a bank, I want them to be comfortable with the contract coming to them as is. I don't want them to feel like they need a translation system to be able to be empowered around how the document comes, right? And Fit Money, your curriculum has been awesome when it comes to that. And I really appreciate being able to, to kind of be an ambassador for that. Oh, thank you so much, Rashawn. That's so nice to hear. And again, like I said, we are nothing without uh, our teachers uh, with this, with the passion that you have in, in your classroom. And also, uh, you know, you mentioned you're a parent. I think it's just as important for, you know, families today in whatever shape or size they, they come in to, to keep these conversations going at home. Um, do you have opportunities to get in front of perhaps the, the caregivers and, and, you know, uh, the, of your kids at, at, uh, that you teach and talk about how they can kind of enter the conversation and not be afraid to, to really talk about money at home? Wonderful question. So I am a dean of students. So most often I deal with um, consequential situations or punitive situations. So I really make it a point um, to create incentive and to create um, relationships with the parents around positivity, um, which is why I go out of my way to create clubs. because I don't want to build a relationship where they're only hearing from me over what the children are doing negative in school. Um, a lot of my students are, uh, you know, born from immigrants. Um, you know, a lot of my students, English, English is their second language. Um, and a lot of my students, their family only utilizes the financial literacy that is in close proximity to them. For example, a lot of my students, their parents bank at a specific bank because it's close to them. They don't have the understanding that you really can like shop for banks. And there's a difference between banks. And when I ask the students why their mom has a specific or dad has a specific bank or why they save a certain way or how they save or how they manage their own bills or allowance, they don't have an understanding, right? And then I ask them to ask their parents and it ends up creating these conversations where I'm actually empowering the, the, the parents' financial literacy, right? Where they're like, well, my son came home today and was telling me that there's three different credit bureaus and I didn't even know that. How do I change my credit score or how do we benefit the credit score? Or, you know, the idea of understanding that you have to build credit and what do you start out with at first, right? So I tell my students, like, you know, when you start the class at the beginning of the year, everyone starts with an A, right? You work backwards, right? So no one is starting with an F and then have to work to, to get an A. Everyone starts with an A. So before you even get your credit, let's build the, the capacity and the understanding on how you maintain your A before you have to, before you're actually in that class. And it empowers the students and it empowers the parents. And I've ended up having at least two or three workshops specifically for the parents correlating to financial empowerment and financial literacy because of what the students have brought home. Oh, that's so inspirational. I love that. You know, you're, you're almost starting at the, the finish line and, and then just really understanding, like you said, the rules of the game. And, and with that knowledge, a little bit every year, as you and I have discussed, this is, you know, this is not something that you have to do for 
you know, 365 days of a year, just, uh, you know, enough to just repeat it and, and get it kind of in your brain so that it's second nature. Um, thank you so much again for all that you do and, uh, for, for entering the teaching profession because you clearly excel and I love the positivity as a, as a parent, I certainly appreciate when teachers reach out on the positive, uh, and hopefully not as often as the negative. So, um, keep doing that. And um, I knew we were we were destined to meet because I am also a Boston Latin grad, uh, 92. So, uh, so nice to, to hear another uh, BLS alum. Well, I, I look forward to continuing conversations and, and I look forward to continuing support because again, I've, I'm really empowered by this work. Um, and if there's anything that I can continue to do, uh, like I'm, I'm so motivated to do it uh, because of the fact that I it really, really empowers the community. So I had a number of students who came up to me uh, and asked how they can start businesses, how they can utilize social media to generate income. I love fit money. I love the curriculum. Um, and uh, I, I really feel like um, this is my life's work. Well, we're thrilled to uh, have you in our community. And thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, you're a real treasure for Boston Public Schools. And uh, thanks again. It was great to Great to talk to you today, Rashawn. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you for joining us today on the Fit Money Podcast. Whether you're a caregiver, teacher, or student yourself, there's plenty of great K-12 resources to begin or continue your financial literacy journey at fitmoney.org. Visit the show notes for more from today's guest and financial literacy activities for the classroom, at home, or on the go. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy learning, earning, and saving. The Fit Money Podcast is presented by Fit Money, the leading K-12 financial literacy curriculum, providing free, unbiased financial literacy resources. All opinions, products, and references during the show are not endorsed by Fit Money and are solely opinions of the individual. FitMoney does not claim any responsibility for external resources referenced during the episode. All FitMoney products and episodes are provided for educational purposes and are not professional advice.